0: Good morning. It's so nice to be with you in the sunshine. You know. I always feel happier when the sun's shining. you know, like that. Yeah. You know, sort of, it's much better. I don't know. It's, it's, it's easier. But when you're from Scotland, you're, you love the sunshine. You don't see it. It's where I come from, it rains so much. We used to say the difference between summer and winter is the summer, rains, the rain's a bit warmer. <laughs> that's that was the only difference that we had but it's great to be in, in, in Norwich and to be with you and and uh I wanted to come really so I think I, I think I volunteered to come usually I, I wait until I'm invited but I thought I wanted to be with you to see you all make sure you're all okay because obviously when Pastor Sam moved on it, got, it was all about surprise if I was honest I wasn't really expecting that, and so. Um, my confidence was in the group of leaders you've already had. I thought, at least you're going to be okay. But I want you to know you're not forgotten and to know that uh, part of my responsibility is is looking for a pastor in the future to come and to be with you. We're we're doing that. We're talking to the elders. You get a bit of space just to let things settle. But we're looking for that. And I'll be speaking to people and I'll be talking to the leadership about that. So don't, don't, you're not forgotten. It takes a while. You're You're in my mind, in my heart. And uh, we'll keep you in place. That's one of the reasons I want to keep coming here to make sure we get somebody who's right. Do you know what I mean? We don't, we don't, being a pastor isn't like getting a job, you know. It's, it's not like a job interview. You can't say, oh, you've got six or all levels, you can go there. It's, what, it's what, what seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. And that's the way we sort of do all that. We sort of, so what seems right to us? Because God's given his brains. You know, some people say, oh, no, they would never work in Rorich. And, and so other people say, well, maybe. Because that's your first filter, really. That's your first filter, is the gift that God has given to us as as leaders and as people. and And... and, and But that's only halfway. It seems good to us and the Holy Spirit because they're good to us but it's good. But the Bible also says the way it seems good to man but then they're of his destruction. So it's not the best. So we're only halfway there. And the most important bit then comes what seems good to the Holy Spirit. So we use the first filter to bring us to the place that we, we pray together for the second filter. So we're... And that's the way we do it. It's a prayerful thing. And please don't just disengage but that. Just take that as an opportunity. This is, we really love it if you'll pray. If you hear God say anything to you, pass it on to us. and we, this, is, this is for us to hear God together and, and to, to move together. So it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. And let's see what He does for us. Okay, now, um, I, I, here we started a series about. Um, Today, I'm going to speak with the Great Commission. Let me read it to you. If you're, if you're under 30, this is a Bible. <laughs> this is, this is, the Bible is available in printed form. You can still get them like these. You want to get one of these before they run out. But uh, let me read you from Matthew chapter 28. And you probably recognize this. And this is the, the Great Commission. It's the last recorded words in Matthew's gospel that Jesus said. Jesus spoke to them, saying, All authority. How how much is all? What, What else is left? After you take away the all. So all authority, Jesus says, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth, at the end of the age. Amen. God bless his word to us. It's interesting, it's not what I'm speaking on, but we all want to know the presence of God, don't we? And Jesus said, well, if you really want to know my presence, go and preach the gospel. Because if you preach the gospel, I'll be with you. He'll definitely be there. Some of the other things he does, he might not want to be there. But if you're preaching the gospel, he'll definitely be there. And I believe in that God's changing things in our nation. And uh, <clears throat> I've been around a long time. You know, sometimes... I go to churches and the pastor stands up and says, I've known David Campbell 40 years. I think, please don't say things like that. I'm trying to pretend I'm 37. And so people are beginning to work out I'm not. But but it's sort of all those times. But if I go way, way back into the history of this nation, when Christianity came, it was in the Celtic time. Now, I'm I'm not English. Please don't get upset by this, but I'm not English. Uh, This is an accent. This is a Scottish accent. It's not an impediment. This is a Scottish accent where I come from. Everybody speaks like this. I mean, you get to heaven, you'll speak like this as well. But anyway, <laughs> the Celts and the the Scots, and a bit of the Welsh and the Irish, and so, and maybe some folks from Norfolk. I don't know. But the, 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 the early Christianity came that before the Romans came. Christianity was still there, but it was called the Celtic Christianity, and there had a different way of doing things. They were their preachers went out amongst the people. And then when the Romans came, they sort of built like monasteries and people had to come to the church. And it sort of, uh, they became a gathered church. Whereas the earliest Christianity in Britain was people going out with the gospel. That's what we were built in. I think that's where we're going back to. But the Celts had a, a little saying. And they talked about heaven and the heaven being the manifest presence of God. And it said heaven is like, like, if you could reach up, it's just it's like four feet above your head. You think, oh, in other words, it's just out of reach. It didn't mean if you stood in a chair, you could put your hand up and pull it up. It didn't mean that. It just feels that. It said, so the gap is just, just too far to reach. Heaven, the present is close, but not quite close enough. But then it said, but some places it appears that the gap becomes thinner. And places like Lindisfarne, and places like holy places, almost because we don't believe in holy places, we believe in the holy God. But there's, there seems to be places where He keeps breaking out, and it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a thin place where you can reach up into the presence and bring the glory down. And they call that thin place. It's not in the Bible. It's just there. It's, just, it's not a doctrine. It's just there, how they explain things. It's just. A th- and I have a prayer that Norwich becomes a thin place that becomes a place that you can reach up and and, and worship and and adoration into the presence of God and bring bring it down to earth. Bill Johnson, he said, said, God, most Christians have enough faith to believe they're going to heaven when they die. God is looking for a people who have enough faith to believe we can bring heaven to earth where we're still alive. And we want to bring heaven to earth where we're still alive. And that's what preaching the gospel is all about. Is to bring earth, uh, heaven to earth now where we're still alive and to see God move. Mm. So, the, the Great Commission, I'm going to link it to something else called the Great Compassion because how do you just go, go and do it? Just go and do it. Remember Easter last week? Was it only last week? I love Easter. It's the only time I feel not a least bit guilty of eating chocolate all day. It's just, it's, it's glorious. But Easter, it's finished with Jesus saying, it is finished. I almost feel as like if Jesus says, it's done. Now let's get started. It's almost everything, all the legal stuff is done. Let's go and get started. Everything that stopped us from getting the world saved, it's done. The sin price has been paid for. Death has been defeated. It's been overcome. Now let's go and set the people free. Let's say everything else is done. So now we're ready for the next phase. Now it's ready for us to go into all the world and preach the gospel knowing that I'm with you always. Now this gospel is such a powerful thing. I think that sometimes we don't understand just how powerful the gospel is. And sometimes I think we forget what it is. And sometimes people end up having arguments about, I don't know, I won't go into all these. Have you ever been to, uh, <coughs> I remember saying our church once, tonight we're going to have question and answer. And we had about three or four hundred people turning up. And I said, just send in anything you like. I have the answer to every problem question you've got. No matter how difficult it is, just send it to me. And we had a lot of very clever people in our church. They obviously <laughs> thought I wasn't one of them. And so, uh, so we had people with PhDs and scientists and people writing in. And I, I pulled out these things. First one, it was some, I had to get somebody else to read it. I said, I can't, I don't know what that word is. What is it? What's that? It's huge, big, long words. I'm not that, I'm just not a scientist. And it's all to do with creation and stuff, stuff like that. And said, so what, what's your answer? I said, my answer to that is, I don't know. Right, next question. People go, oh, I said, no, no, no. And I said, because that's what I was trying to say, I said, I told you I'll give you an answer to every question you gave me. <laughs> Sometimes you have to realize, I don't know is an answer. So if somebody asks you something you don't know, you say, well, I don't know. Is that your answer? Yes, that's my, yes, of course, it's an answer I've got. There's, there's a lot of things I don't know. I remember that the, said the, the man, the, the blind man that Jesus healed. Said, "Who, who healed you?" Was it? Was it that? He said, "Oh, I don't know. All I do know is once I was blind and now I see." Some people say, "So, where did dinosaurs come from?" I don't know. How do I know? It's before I was in school. It's definitely before my time. It's definitely, I don't know. But that's an answer. But I do know that Jesus Christ saved me and set me free. I'm very happy to talk about that. So let's talk about what we know rather than being intimidated by what we don't know. It's an honest answer. I say, I don't know. I still have people ask me questions and say, oh, you can't prove God because of this. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I can't prove it that way at all. But I tell you, it changed my life. I tell you, when I had cancer and said I was going to die and God healed me, that changed my life. I do know that. I do know that. And let's stick to what we know. I've got lots of friends. That are, most of my church is full of people that were my non-Christian friends. And I used to get friendly people, get them saved, and then pass them on and then go to somebody else. And sometimes people used to say to me, so, "So, the problem with you Christians, whenever somebody starts a sentence, you Christians, it's not going to be good what comes next. <laughs> the problem with you Christians, it was like, so, you just think you're right, you think you're better than everybody. You just think, we know the way, we're, we're going to heaven, you're all going to hell, there you are. You think you know the way. In fact, you say, Jesus is the only way. That's it. Follow Jesus or nothing. You're finished. Now, I'm going to say a couple of things today. You have to let me finish the whole sentence before you throw me out. (laughs) And I sometimes say to him, I didn't say that. I did not say Jesus is the only way. I didn't say that. I've never said that. I needed a sat-nav to find Troy Street. I don't even know my way to Norwich from St. Albans on my own. I didn't go around saying Jesus is the only way. I did not. Our church didn't say that. Elam didn't say that. He didn't say that. However, however, he said that. He said that. No, I am nothing. He is the eternal son of God. He was there when God blew and a whole of creation came into being out of nothing. He is the one who holds the whole of creation in his hand. He is the one who came, lived, was born of the Virgin Mary in the ignominy of a stable with cobwebs as curtains and sawdust and, 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 and hay as a carpet. He was raised a sinless life. Went around doing good, raising the dead, healing the sick, was was crucified naked on a cross for my sin, not his sin, was buried three days in the grave, then rose again and says, I am he that liveth, that liveth and was dead, and behold I'm alive forevermore. No, no, he said that. That's his qualifications. What's your qualifications for saying he's wrong? That's the gospel that Paul said in in Romans 1 10. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God to salvation to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. I am not ashamed. And I want to tell you, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm sometimes ashamed of me. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it works. It shouldn't, but it does. How does closing your eyes and saying, God, please forgive me, change my life, and open your eyes and suddenly it's changed forever? It shouldn't work. It shouldn't work. That shouldn't work. That shouldn't do anything. But it does. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation. And you don't know how powerful it is until you've applied it into our life. Also, some people say but this gospel said, Well, you're just saying I'm lost because of the way of my lifestyle. You're criticizing me. I'm lost because of, you know, the way I live my life. Because I'm not perfect. I'm lost because of that. Because of, uh, I don't love Jesus. I'm, lo- I'm lost. No, 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 no. It's, it's you're, not, you're not lost because of your lifestyle. In fact, I would suggest to you, maybe your lifestyle is because you're lost. Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. but we're, we're not lost and going to hell because we rejected Jesus. We were lost and that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to stop us being, to prevent us from being lost. People are not going to hell because they reject Jesus. They're going to hell anyway. That's why doing nothing isn't an option. We have to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to tell people about the truth. Even Mother Teresa needed a savior. Even the best person you would ever think of in the world needed a savior. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. I know people say the gospel, but you know what? Like a, you should just accept, love me as I am. Accept me as I am. And, and it's almost like this, the love of God constrains us, but the love of God is incredible. And some people, it's almost as if, if you don't agree with everything I do, then you don't love me. I have a condition on you accepting me. And said, so oh Lord, we could only accept people if we a- approve of their lifestyle. I've got to tell you, God's love is bigger than that. And if you think about it, you see in your own life a lot. We love and accept people constantly who do things that we don't approve of. Loving and acceptance isn't the same as approval. But my daughter got pregnant at 18... We didn't really approve. I've got to tell you, we didn't approve. But we didn't reject her either. We accepted her. and I wish I'd brought Nivea with me now. She's 15 and loves Jesus. And there's a misunderstanding of the love of God to say actually, because some people say, unless you approve of my lifestyle, doesn't matter how biblical or unbiblical it is, unless you approve of what I do, then you don't love me. Actually, you don't love someone if you don't tell them what they're doing is wrong. Love is something that sets people free. And we have to be careful that when we preach the gospel, when we defend the gospel, it's the proper gospel that we are defending. I'm conscious of time, but I usually preach an hour and a half. No, I don't. Jesus said in Luke 19, I come to seek and save that which was lost. I think this gospel, we're going to all the world and preach the gospel. God's really, he's really on this. He really loves to hear the gospel being preached. It's the best news in the world. Jesus said this in John 5 I only do what I see the Father doing. I only do what I see the Father doing. And that's what he did. So, and we try to do that as well. If we see God move, we, we go and we bless it and we try and do more of it. We, we, that's the way we, we get our guidance. But here's an interesting thing that's happening in, in the world today. Right. So if I get four boxes, here's a box. If Jesus only does what he sees the thunder doing. My soul does. Then we come along and said, so do we. We only want to do what we see the Father doing. That's how we know what's right and what's wrong. What the Father's doing. There's lots of things we could be doing. And how do we decide where we spend our time, our money, our resources, our talents? Well, we see what the Father's doing and we bless what he's doing and we get involved in that. And then, then there's this group of people in the world. covering on my heart at the minute. You have to give me missions Is something that's huge on my, my spirit. And I see this group of people have a religion which, which stops them being allowed to hear the gospel. In fact, some of the countries they live in, if if you go there and preach the gospel, they will kill you. They just won't allow it. And have these people you can't you can't get you can't get to them. How how do you reach those people? It's just a big question mark. And then I'm hearing these stories. Let me tell you a story I heard this month. This lady lives in a village in a country a bit like that, where if you even have a Bible in your luggage, you will not get in the country. But if you preach the gospel, you will be arrested. You won't be deported. You'll be arrested and put in prison. You won't get home. And she lives in a little village in the middle of nowhere. And she went to her friend. And they was having tea, as I guess it would call it. And she, she knew this friend a long time. She said, I, I've had a strange dream. I said, really? I said, you mustn't tell anyone. I said, what is it? I said, I dreamt a man in white came into my room. stood at the bottom of my bed. He said, come on, tell me. I said, he said, he, he had blood in his hands. And he said, my name is Jesus. And I just knew he was the Jesus that died for me. Said, and you know what a friend said. I've had that dream. Let's not tell anyone. I've, not had a, I've had that dream. But we've found out. Now then, who's doing that? Who's giving these people those dreams? Is it the devil? I don't think so. Is it some fertile imagination which puts their lives at risk now? Do you think maybe... Do you think the father might be doing that? Because It's almost like God's saying... You're not getting started over here. I'm going to start for you. I'm going to let you see there's no such thing as international boundaries. I'm going to let you see there's no such thing as no go areas. Cliff Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's the power of God unto salvation. And it doesn't matter if people say you can do it or you this not. This, this gospel works. We've forgotten how powerful this was. How much it changed us, it changed your life forever and ever, and ever and ever and ever and ever. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because when you become a Christian, remember, how it changed you. And not many of us are extroverts. You know, not many people. If you say, "Here, let's let's all go out this afternoon, stand in the middle of Norwich, and I'll give you a box. You can stand and preach the gospel." I guarantee you, nearly all of us will be going. To, you know, I'd love to, but i am i I'm so promised I'd be at home this afternoon. <laughs> I have fifteen reasons. <laughs> we get lost on the way there. Sorry, I forgot what you said. It, it's almost like because it's—that's not who we are. And I don't think you should feel bad about that, because I think that when you're a Christian, that's when you fully become who you're meant to be. That's one of the most wonderful. But I got to tell you, it's not as hard as you think. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's what happened. But Jesus said to his disciples, when you go into all the world and preach the gospel, but he said, but before you do that, just wait in Jerusalem a minute. Just, just wait a little bit because I know that it's not that hard, but you will think it's hard. So I'm going to get you filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you fill the Holy Spirit, you'll do things you never thought you would do. In fact, you'll find out you did things you didn't realize you'd done. I've had people come and say to me, I remember you came here, you preached this, you said this, this, and this, and I think changed my life. And I thought, I don't remember that. I, I, don't, I don't think I've even been here. My memories are such, I can't remember where I've been. This is Norwich, isn't it? <laughs> but you think of that. You don't know how much seed you have dropped on your way. You don't know. When you get to heaven, you find somebody says, yeah, yeah, I saw you go to church. It made me think about going to church. And I went to church, became a Christian. You don't know how that happens. You have no idea how much your life witnesses to other people. You are a book read of other people. You don't know who's reading the book. Acts chapter 2. But all together in one place, in one accord. And the Holy Spirit comes bang. 3,000 people get saved. That's great first service, isn't it? Classic. Imagine you're on the follow up team. And he said, listen, I'm going to come i a meeting, so well, yeah. can you four be on the follow-up team? Here's, here's, here's half a dozen New Testaments. And he says, it's a bit of a problem. We've got 3,000 people turned up. So will you be all right? Because we've got another meeting tomorrow. I think, wow, why? Because it's the power of God. The gospel cannot be contained. Acts chapter 3, you get... I haven't got time to develop it. Peter and John, to me, I just, I just love it the way that how God puts two people together who are so different. I mean, Peter and John are so, so different. Peter is, I think, pretty much probably the oldest disciple. He, he, he's married, you know, and so And John is definitely the youngest. People think he's the teenager. He might, or it might only be 18, 19, he's quite young. And so they're not going to hang out. You know what I mean? Peter's probably, oh, John because so, Peter was the sort of person who would just blush things out you know like, like when Jesus says uh, who do people say I am oh you, you're the Christ the son of the living God well done Peter and, so, oh, and he said, well after you've been crucified oh don't do that Jesus get behind me Satan I mean <laughs> if I was Peter I'd ask can I edit the gospels there's definitely I want the first bit and the second bit you don't need that in fact, we know he's married because Jesus healed his mother-in-law. I don't want to become controversial. There's nowhere in the Bible does it ever record Peter said thank you for that. <laughs> I'm, 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 just, I'm just saying that. I'm not, I'm not trying to implicate him in any way or something. saying anything. But he's definitely different. He's, he's, he's serious. He's a businessman. He's a fisherman. He he employs other people. And and even though he spent three years away working with Jesus, his business was still going strong enough for him to go back to it later on. He he was a good businessman, level-headed. And and Jesus called him Rocky. He says, you're you're Peter Simon, but I'm going to call you Peter Rocky. You're the first Rocky. You're strong. And John was like, I don't know. You have to forgive me. I'm, I'm a a lad from Clyde's side and, and, and John John lay on Jesus' put his head on his chest and was always sort of but lovely enough. I think, oh grew up. I'm not sure. And they said and he Do you know the Bible? in this Bible is the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Do you know who wrote John's Gospel? There's a hint in the name. John. Do you know, inside, in, in the gospel, it often talks with the disciples. And it often talks with one disciple. It doesn't mention his name. just calls him the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, can you imagine Peter and John having a little chat one day? And Peter saying, I see you've written a gospel. Matthew's written one. Mark's written one. Luke's written one. And you've written one, John. So, uh, John, who's this, the disciple who Jesus loved then? That'd be you. Ah, he just sort of half liked us. He liked everybody else, but he loved you. Can you imagine? you says, "My mother had six children. I'm the one that she loved." I think you might have five siblings building a gallows out in the back garden for you. So no, it's just, no, it's just. It's, 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 I can imagine too. How, 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 maybe, maybe, maybe John annoyed Peter. I don't know. This is just me. Do you ever read the bible and sort of think what would it be like to be there I, I think that all the time but I think what 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 would you be what would you be like what, what would you you he, just said instead of a so Peter's reading through this going now so uh now John I see I see you I see you put in this bit about me denying Jesus you know um nobody else has put that in, and oh, he put in that I swore as well, I mean that's, you shouldn't really need to do that, you should. oh here we are, the resurrection of Jesus at the end, that's good, Peter you put okay, so Peter and the disciple who Jesus loved that'd be you, John wouldn't it? yeah, that's you again, yeah Peter but i I get a name but Peter went running to the tomb to get I see you put another you got there first John. You are younger than me, you know. You don't have to. You don't have to do. All. And I, I, wonder. I wonder if Jesus had to mend relationships with Peter and John a few times. Is it interested the Holy Spirit? The first recorded miracle of the church working together in the apostolic ministry are Peter and John walking up, walking to the house of prayer. I tell you, sometimes you can end up in church, sit beside people, think, "Would we ever have met next anywhere?" I used to have the. Former chairman of the Young Conservatives and a Labour councillor in my church and they sat together every Sunday. Can you imagine that? I said to him, How how what was the likelihood of this happening anywhere outside his church? He said, No. <laughs> never. Never, never. In fact, I have to say, one of them said, Don't tell anyone. <laughs> because, because there's something about seeing Christ, all these divisions go. Because we know the thing that we're most proud of is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God into salvation. Go into all the world and preach this gospel. And the thing that will help you is that God will give us, like, compassion of of feeling that sort of compassion for, uh, for the lost. Remember, Jesus Sends them out to get filled with the Spirit. And as soon as these people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, with the words of the Great Commission ringing in their heads, they meet a man. And he's on the way up into the temple. And he's begging for alms, which is funny because he needed legs. (laughs) Never mind. And and he'd be like that. Beggars didn't look them in the eye. You you just went at that. You weren't worthy. You just held your hand out. It's was a good place to be. I mean, sort of one of the better places to be because people gave money on the way into church. But they held his, <laughs> held his hand out and Peter and John said to him, look on us. And see, they, they wouldn't look at people because he wasn't worthy. It's a bit like, I don't, don't have you ever been up late at night and there's a crowd of boys? Over there? You don't look at them because you don't want to get eye contact because you just avoid them. Just go go your way. But, almost beggars with that. To look somebody in the eye said, I'm your ego. So they wouldn't. They'd look at that. Compassion says, I refuse to treat you as a thing. I refuse to treat you as a social security number. You're a person. Look at me. Look at me. Because compassion is different to pity. One of the things I love I know I, I remember being here once you're doing an outreach, and folks from the, before COVID would come in for lunch. I remember the luncheon club? I thought, fantastic. Just nearly every Elam church has a food bank. And some sort of outreach to children. You just think that that's compassion. But and often I help, often turn up when there's food bank, I end up being visiting the church when there's a food bank day, and I help. And the great majority of people, they're just so so grateful. But I tell you. There's some people who would never, ever come to a food bank. Not because they don't need it, but because in their mind, I don't take charity off anyone. They're probably more deserving of it. I don't don't want to be judged, but they're probably more deserving of it than some of the people who go from one to another to another. another. I had somebody say, can you hurry up? I've got to go to Vineyard, to their food bank in a minute. I thought, well, there you go. Whereas I, I know people say, no, I don't take charity because it demeans them compassion isn't the same as pity pity says you're in a bad way and you look down on someone compassion comes with the, word, the prefix com means with passion means passion <laughs> It means so when you treat someone you come with the passion the love of Christ constrains me when I'm going to see somebody with compassion I'm not saying oh, I feel sorry for him I'm saying hey listen Jesus loves you so much he sent me to come and to talk to you because you are somebody of value you're somebody who's precious you're someone who he died for I've come to restore to you your understanding of your own value doesn't matter what anybody else says and your circumstances say Jesus has sent me to you because you are precious to him so Peter and John said, you look, at, you look at me because Jesus sent us out full of the Holy Spirit with the good news of the gospel to you with compassion. Because love is acceptance. Because self-worth and dignity are restored to that man. It actually says that he, um, he looked up and Peter took him by the right hand. Now, I don't know if you know this, but there's a reason why he do his right hand, not his left hand. I don't know how to put that politely, really. If you don't know, you don't know. But if you do know, you, you know how, how tricky this is. Basically, there would no toilet paper in the old days. They used their left hand. So, if somebody, if you went into the butchers and they, and they picked you up with a bit of food, give you give your left hand. said, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's got to be your right hand. It'd have to be the right hand. You wouldn't eat with your left hand. You'd only eat with your right hand. And still, countries in this in the world today, it's the same thing. If you if you hand something to the left hand, sometimes. A master would, would hand something to his slave with his left hand just to say something. But if the king came in, oh, if his majesty came in, he put his right hand out, your majesty. Peter and John, they put their right hand out to this, this beggar, this person who thought yourself unworthy, this person everyone walked past, How the gospel of Jesus Christ has changed. They put his right hand, the hand of the king, the same hand to the king is sent out to you. Send it to me. It's how we're to treat people. It's if we are actually treating royalty. And then this man tells you later on he'd been he been lame for 40 years. I don't know if he'd been there for 40 years, but he'd been lame for 40 years. That's a long time. Now, this might surprise you, but I'm a granddad. Six times over. Can we have another offering? <laughs> and I've got lots of little grandchildren. And, and uh, when you're at graduate, you've more time to watch them when you have your own kids somehow. I'm not sure. I suppose when I see them, I've cleared the time to have them. and can watch them. We just had a birthday party yesterday for Sienna. She's four. So she's the oldest. I've got a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old, three eight-year-olds, because there's twins and another one, and a four-year-old. I can remember them all walking. I can remember what, what, what they do is they sort of get up and they... <laughs> <laughs> it's all over Facebook now, anyway. You can see it. They're all sort of wobbling around and, and they fall over. I can you imagine me saying, Amy, you know, that's the first time, I, that's the third or fourth time I've once fought. She's never going to make it. Just get a wheelchair. She's tried four or five times, give up. Actually, it's not like that. They, they get up, and they, they do a couple of steps, and everyone cheers, and we get excited. This man has never walked, this man has never toddled. This man's never fallen over. He's never walked because he couldn't walk. His legs have never worked the whole of his life. Until two Holy Ghost-filled people commissioned with a great commandment to go preach the gospel to the ends of the earth come full of the compassion of Jesus to reach out with dignity with a man's hand and put him up and said, the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And suddenly, 40 years of inactivity is displaced and the man goes, walking? leaping and praising God. Because I tell you, just one touch from the king changes everything. I'm going to close are just saying, let's go preach the gospel. Don't get on a box and do it, because that doesn't really work in today's society. Go with compassion. Reach your hands out to people. Treat them with Dignity. Let them know there's a God in heaven that cares for them and loves them. Let them know whatever their need is. Maybe they've given up on life, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Come walking and leaping and praising God. Why? Because this gospel works. The reason we preach it isn't just because it has been done. Number one, it's because it's true. Number two is because it truly works. They go into all the world and preach the gospel when Jesus says, I'll be there. Lord, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the power of the gospel. And like Paul said, I am not ashamed of this gospel. I am proud of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation and I, I just pray if there's anyone here today you've never ever given your life to Jesus, you think, well, this is the day to do that. This is the day to actually say, yes, I, I'll, I'll, I realize Jesus died on the cross for me. He accepts me. He didn't approve everything I've done, but he, he's willing to accept me as I am now and change me and transform me into what he's called me to be. And I'd like to pray for you before I close, if that's you, and we can have a of chat later if you want, just to just to know Jesus for yourself. So if there's anyone here who would like to do that, just look up and bring your hand up me and I'll pray for you and then I'll pray for everybody. Okay, so Father, I pray for this church. I pray for One Church Norwich. I pray that might, we might become a people who preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We heard it's done. It's done. All the legal requirements are done. Now let's get on with the task of preaching the gospel to every creature, every man, woman, and child, because it's the power of God unto salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen.